Hey, everybody, welcome to another special episode of Puck Off uh, here on our own brand new Clean Canvas network. Just us here, Puck Off. How are we doing, Andrew? Well, if you're going to tell if you're going to tell people that we're on a new network, don't tell them to puck off just like five seconds in. No, no, no. Come on, man. We are our own show. Just we are. Puck off. Website right. coming, by the way. If you don't like it. Puck off. <laughs> no, don't forget the hyphen. Puck hyphen off. There will be a hyphen in there. Yes. But today we are getting caught up on on a few days, as you can tell, been a little bit sporadic with some of the, the team analysis. We haven't forgotten about it. Uh, just some stuff going on behind the scenes. But we are picking up where we left off with the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> Andrew, aside from dumpster fire, how would you describe this organization right now? This team's going to be bad, man. That's it. Uh, end the episode. <laughs> That's the episode right there, guys. Um, like, I mean, seriously, this... Uh, I mean, you trade you you trade Where Kevin Hayes start? for nothing. Where do we start? You mentioned you just Kevin Hayes. You bring in Cal Pedersen. Why? No. One oh knows. boy. To to insulate Carter Hart, but Pedersen was terrible last year for the Kings. Awful. He single handedly was almost the reason why they went out of the playoffs at one point, and he single handedly was why they tried. Keyword tried to get. Jacob Chikrin and Karel Vamelka out of Arizona. They mm -hmm. failed and they ended up with Gavrikov and Corpusalo, which is not a bad, you know, secondary prize. If you, if you know, if you get what I'm following there, but right. it, it's, it's not the same, but quick quiz, Chris, uh, who makes more Carter Hart or Cal Patterson? Cal Patterson. Not by much, but he makes more. And you know what the better part is? He makes the, the same the amount contract, as, he makes the same amount as Linus Allmark. Yeah, he does. And at the end of his contract, Cal Pedersen is a UFA. After this season, Carter Hart is an RFA. Mm -hmm. I think they're trying to get some wiggle room in there. Maybe Probably. not have to pay Carter Hart so much. Well, I, let me ask you this. Would mm -hmm. you re-up Carter Hart after this year if you're Philly? Because that's the first question you have to answer. At least when we're starting from the goal out. Let's start there. That's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because... When Carter Hart came into the league, what was he? Goalie he was of the dynamic. Goalie of the future. He was dynamic. I mean, in 18-19, at 20 years old, he went 16 and 13. The team was bad. But the two eight three ERA, uh, ERA, goals against average. I've Man, heard you much baseball talking <laughs> a, uh, a couple days. There's no hockey on, goddammit. Um, but no, 1,700 minutes, 14 quality starts, um, you know, he gave up 81 goals for goals against average 2.83, save percentage of 917. The following year, he started an additional 10 games. He went 24 and 13, so significant better team mm -hmm. as well. 242 goals against average, 914 save percentage. Um, in his rookie year, that first year I mentioned, he placed ninth in Calder voting. Have you so seen like, anything, anything from him since then to? It seems like his development has stalled. He's still good. He's still a good, solid goaltender. So, But it seems like he's sort of stalled out a little bit, don't you think? Taking Carter Hart out of the equation and goaltending out overall, how would you rank last year's Flyers team? How would you say, like, would you say they were good? Bottom 10. 
Okay. So you would say the team in front of them sucked. Yes. Okay. So last year on a team that sucked, he was almost 500. He went 22, 23, and 10. He went for 3,100 minutes. So more well, he minutes was almost than ever 500. That's what? 22 and 33, keep in mind. What's that? That's 20. He was almost fake 500. That's 22 and 33. Like, I, but I get your point. I, I get your point. He kept his team in a lot of games. Right. He kept them in those 10 games. So basically 22 and 23 with 10 overtime losses. At that point, it's a coin flip, whatever. But he played right. more minutes than he ever had in his entire career. 31-64. His goals against average was 294, and his save percentage was 907. So he was average. He had yeah. 24 quality starts, which is one shy of his career high, which would have been that year 21 season, uh, 19, 19-20, when he went and started 40 games. So, like there's still something there. Mm. You know, if someone's saving 90, almost 91% of the pucks that are thrown their way, they are making 1,500 saves in 1,600 shots. And the goals against average is sub three on a bad team. Like, you know, the, the I, I will put it this way. The fact that he is 25 years old makes me sit here and go, I got to see this year out of them. And I'm not necessarily walking away as an RFA, but I ain't really looking to give this guy much of a pay raise either. Yeah, see, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Now, the question becomes at 25 with where my organization is at, I'm a dumpster fire. He's an asset because some other team, i.e. a Winnipeg, who may be looking to move on from Connor Hellebuck, like that's a team that can get him in there, throw him in there and just say, listen, you're up and down in your game right now. You've got plenty of minutes to figure it out because we just trade our Vesna guy and you're what we got. So take us to the promised land or don't. It's all up to you. Just have fun out there and maybe you can make some more money next year. Right. Like that, that's the, oh, you think you know, they trade him ahead of You think they would even ever consider trading him? I'm like, heading into his rfa um possibly possibly like is this would this be like a draft day deal where you trade his rights trade his draft draft his rights on draft day yes that's what i'm thinking the reason why is because right now yes with with cal Patterson and carter hart you have almost nine million dollars directed to that position first of all most teams do so you're Mm -hmm. not out of the realm of you know stupidity if that makes sense you're You're right around where most teams are. Second of all, you do have two high ceiling goaltenders. If they can find their game, either one of them, they can both do something filthy for you. So mm-hmm. you're flipping two coins. You're hoping to get two heads, but you just got to flip them every game. Like that's what you're doing. And who better to flip those heads than John Tortorella? Uh, but, oh, torts. But the thing with that is, with those two veteran guys in net, and I say veteran guys, one's 25, one's 28. Mm-hmm. I mean, I almost wonder if their best goaltender is Felix Sandstrom, like as far as consistency. I, I, uh, Sandstrom is, st- Sandstrom is, well, something interesting about this is that 
Sandstrom isn't the only one that's signed. Um, there is another another guy that they're high on in Samuel Urson, who just signed a two year extension. Um, so he's probably he he might be in there too. He showed a little bit. He showed a little bit last year. Um, when he got when he got called up. Yeah, he's still he's in the final year of his ELC. So mm-hmm. I think that two year extension speaks more of where their mind is at in 24, 25 and beyond. Because if you look at it, 24, mm-hmm. 25, as I mentioned, Hart, RFA, I view that as a deadline deal. Sandstrom is a UFA. They'll let him walk with no qualms. Then you have Pedersen and Urson. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's going to be a team. If you really um, think about where Vegas was last year going into the deadline, a couple of weeks beforehand, they went out and they snagged Aiden Hill. There mm-hmm. is going to be a playoff team that will look at Carter Hart and say, for half of his money, we will give you a mid-round pick so we have goaltending depth. We will deal with his RFA situation in the future. Or they look at Cal Pedersen, right. and based on whichever one is playing better, right. they're going to sit there and go, that's a next we, year. That's a next year problem. That's a next year problem. Like, if you're Vegas right now, right, you just lost Brassois to, to Winnipeg. So now you're down to Logan Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, Aiden Hill, and Robin Lehner. Let's cross out Robin Lehner. You're now down to Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson. You're Real quick, is he done done? Is Lehner done done? Or is it just, is there just so much uncertainty surrounding him right now? There's so much uncertainty surrounding him. I think he's able to play, but he has so much going on off the ice that he's just not. Mm-hmm. Cause he's got the bankruptcy thing. He's got the mental health thing. So like, I, I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I, I wouldn't bang on him being in the lineup, but mm-hmm. they went out last year and they dealt, I think it was a third round pick for Aiden Hill. You mean to tell me with one injury to Logan Thompson or Aiden Hill, they don't look at Carter Hart and go fourth round pick goaltending depth boost. Let's do it. I would think Philly would try to would try to if, squeeze squeeze that orange though. If he's playing well, they would probably counter with give us a third or a conditional mm-hmm. second. Some you know they, they would make a deal out of it, but that just screams mm-hmm. a move that that you know Vegas would make to try to go back to back. See Tampa did it, we can too. Woohoo! You know that kind of thing. It's interesting though because I mean. Would you say Philly's in a rebuild right now? Or are they uh, are they are they like are they like a couple of other teams that we that we talked about stuck between stations? They're in a rebuild and don't know it. That's the worst place to be, man. Because well, think about it. You you still have Joel Farabee who's 23, who's signed for another 5 years, great player, good contract, 5 million bucks. No big mm-hmm. deal. But with where you know how long rebuilds take you tear everything down and you start from dog shit nothing right they're not at dog shit nothing but they're at nothing mm-hmm. they're they can go lower like the proper way for them to do this rebuild because if you look at what they have right now for picks they they have florida's as a conditional first from um let's see it's top 10 protected that's what it is and then they have a Columbus protected pick in the second round. They got a compensation pick. 
uh, for signing Jay O'Brien, 19th overall in 2018. Yeah, uh, 51st overall pick. But they don't have their original second rounder. They don't have their original fifth rounder. And they have the St. Louis Blues sixth rounder. So draft capital-wise, they've they've almost pretty much broken even um, because they have LA's fifth rounder, not theirs. They basically have an extra pick, maybe two, depending on how the Florida one lands. Mm-hmm. So this is a team that that would need draft capital, and they don't have a ton, or they need no. young players. They need to go out and get some 18, 19, 20-year-olds off other, other teams' rosters who are like the Tampa Bays of the world trying to compete and trying to stay afloat. And mm-hmm. like dangling a piece like Joel Farabee for a team like Tampa Bay would be money to, to Philly's ears right now. Because, you don't think Farabee would be part of the rebuild for Philly as kind of a complimentary piece? That's the thing. Do I want to hang on to complimentary pieces that are 23 years old and may want to have out in the next couple of years? I mean, you, I mean, you can't have just stars. You need guys like Farabee and guys like Noah Cates, who is going to win a Selkie in his career. Write that down. And guys like Owen Tippett, you know, 25 goals last year, still young, but kind of probably a middle sixer on a good team. Morgan Frost, same, same deal. Like they have, they have, they don't have a cornerstone piece. And that includes Carter Hart. They don't have a cornerstone young guy on the roster. Anywhere. I think speaks to your point of they're rebuilding, but they don't know that they are. Because right now, if you look at it, their cornerstone pieces, all right, would be Joel Farabee, Travis Konechny, because of his talent. Travis Konechny, Joel Farabee. Scott uh, Scott Lawton by default, but he's like a 35.3C. That's my problem. I cannot include Scott Lawton on that list. The guy's 29 years old. Yeah. I can't. You're talking like young, young. I mean, I'm like, look at their their defense core. Their Look at their defense core right now. Sanheim, 27. Good. Oh. Probably a second pairing on a good team. He's your top guy. And he's signed right. for eight more years. Yeah, he's paid like a top guy. He's not a top guy. Ristolainen, he signed for four more years at $5.1 million. He is one of the most overrated defensemen in the NHL. I think and you go out, but you go out in your you go out in free agency. Speaking of the defense, and you sign Mark Stahl. Yeah, that that the the Stanley Cup really does win people a lot of money, doesn't it? (laughs) So much so, but so as I'm looking at it though, like the 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 pillars, if you will, you know, like in Boston, we talk about McAvoy, um, Pasternak you know, Zaka and Lindholm, you know what I mean? Like two offense, two defense pillars. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What I'm seeing here, if I'm going to identify pillars and I don't, I'm guessing they're put together with scotch tape. You're talking Joel Farabee, Owen Tippett, Travis Sanheim and Cam York. Those are four good players. Good. You're talking. But they're not. 
they're not anything that you can dig a foundation around. Mm-hmm. And so in, in my estimation, this team's only going to get worse because they don't know what they are. And I mean, look, look, I mean, look, look, look at some of them, like Lawton, 29. Uh, Garnet Hathaway signed for two years at 2.375, 30, 31 years old. Oh. Nick Nick Delorier is signed for three more years at 1.75 mil and has a modified no move clause at the age that of 32. Was, fucking Cliff Fletcher's me- uh, Cliff Fletcher, Chuck Fletcher's magnum opus on that one. Fucking, I mean, Wade Allison, 25. Fourth liner, Tanner Lazinski, 26, tweener, Tyson Forrester. Tyson Forrester might be good. He's 21. He's on his ELC right now. Like, this team does not have a player that you could point to where you could say, here's the guy I'm building around. The guy that comes closest is probably Carter Hart. And we just discussed that. Right. And he's also being held together by scotch tape and bubblegum. Yeah. Like, so. You hope Couturier and Atkinson can rebound from their injuries, but but Couturier is 30, coming off two major back surgeries, making 7.75 mil. Uh, Cam Atkinson is 34, undersized, and making almost 6 mil for two more years. Yeah, and by the way, the Couturier contract has, what, at least six more years on it? Ouch. Um, Ouch. I see the 28. That is correct. Yes. Still has another year after that, at least. Mm -hmm. So, but here's the thing. Let's say they do come back. All right, great. It adds a little bit of depth. Seven more years, by the way. Katoria has seven more years. Okay. I said at least six. I wasn't wrong. You weren't wrong. So, but but what I said is more right. (laughs) Fuck off. So, no, we're not there yet. Um, If you add them into this depth chart, yes, they get a little deeper. What would you describe this team as? They are a physical team that's going to try to grind you down. The problem I have with that, you know, it's a John Tortorella team, and that's fine. The problem is, is the crucial guys in this lineup are all prone to injuries or are recovering from them. And how much of that can they take over an 82 game season before, whether it's this year or next year or the year after that, that platform that they're standing on just crumbles. They, they are really going to be hoping that a couple of, a couple of kids make, make a jump. Uh, Bobby Brink um, last year of his RFA. I think they expect him to compete for a spot. They must with all with the, with the depth that they have up there, right? They got to. I mean, think about it. Last year, Sean Couturier played in twenty nine games. Mm-hmm. Twenty nine. I'm actually surprised to find out that he played in any games. It felt like he was out, out, out. But I think you're right. I think he did play a little bit. Cam Atkinson played in quite a few. He played in seventy three games. Um. Let's see. But like even some of these younger kids, like Owen Tippett, for instance. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. He was uh 10th overall pick in 2017. He's 24 years old. Last year he played in a career high 77 games. Before that, before that, he played in seven with Florida, 45 with Florida, 
64 between Florida and Philly, and 77. So in four years, he's played 192 games. Mm-hmm. And he, he averages less than 15 minutes of ice time a night for a 10th overall draft pick. Mm. Like, I, hmm. Last year he got 49 points. Maybe he's starting to find it. You hope, but Philly's banking on it. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's let's not kid ourselves. Nick Delorier and Garnett Hathaway, they're bangers. Yeah. They're so not, is Wade Allison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's connecting to a lesser extent. He's like a, uh, he's like a very poor man's Marchand. Yeah, I mean, last year he got sixty-one points in sixty games, so mm-hmm. he can find the back of the net. He's got three hundred and thirty-two over the course of a four hundred eighty-eight game career. Um, honest, honestly, he is he. Last year he had uh, thirty-one goals, thirty assists for sixty-one points. He's a perfect number two line uh, two line winger. Mm-hmm. There's like, nobody. There's nobody here that you can point at as a top pair defenseman or a top line winger or a top line forward. No, so they're going to try to grind you down in a Tortorella way. Yeah, I just I don't see it lasting. And... Except maybe Couturier, but that depends all on the back. Yeah, all I mean, it. I mean, we know how much Mark Stone's back was targeted in the playoffs. Right. Right. Like, it, it, it you're setting them up for failure at that point. And and it, it would would Vegas had to basically admit that they're gonna that they're they're that his the rest of his career is gonna be touch and go. Yeah, they've already had the NHL look into it. Mm-hmm. Like the NHL's already cleared the fact that they know he's gonna be on and off LTIR, and there's not much even they can do about it because he refuses to retire, and nothing says he has to. So like. Their hands are tied as a league because he is that hurt. Mm-hmm. And LTIR is a thing. But I I just, they don't have someone even that good when he gets back, though. Like, so this team is truly, truly in that state. They're truly in stuck between stations. Yeah. And last year they had 75 points. They were right between Washington and Arizona. And honestly, oh boy, I know. They were dead center too. Arizona had seventy. Washington had eighty. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can see, I can truly see Philly finishing in the bottom three. I last in the Metro, for sure. Mm-hmm. I I don't see anybody in the in the Metro. I the Metro is going to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're going to get to the Islanders, the Rangers, the Penguins. You know, Washington's next up on the list. So you can listen to that one. Next. So we'll, uh, but we'll turn around and uh, do that. I'll put it this way. Philadelphia did not get six points better while Washington stayed the same, which is what they would have to do to jump from seventh to sixth. Philadelphia dead last. I think they're dead last in the Metro. And I... I know are they are they people. go ahead are I hate to I hate to jinx I hate to put this much of a um this much of a target on Philly here but are they in the uh are they in the uh running for Macklin I think they're Macklin, in the Macklin Cerebelli the consensus first overall pick 
in this coming draft they're in advance. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I think they're in the bottom three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are in the running in your opinion, they, bottom five for sure. Because I think and I think either Montreal or San Jose will be better than them. I, mm-hmm. they genuinely could be in the bottom two, but mm-hmm. bottom five, I would put money on. I could see that. I could see that. Cause you look at this lineup and you go like, other than maybe Bobby Brink or Tyson Forrester, who Wait. on this team do you think is a young that can take that next step that they right, need? Right now, none of them. And yeah. and that's the thing. This year and next year could be drastically different because the, mm-hmm. the roster that they have this year allows Danny Briere to sit there and go, eh. I'll let my prospects cook for one more year. I'm in no rush. Mm-hmm. This year isn't going to make or break his his career with Philly. So like this is almost well, the perfect he, setup he, for him. He knows what his he knows what his um he knows what his, what his edict is. Here's Stop. what Chuck Fletcher did. Undo it. You have three years. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher and um, Ron Hextall. Hextall. <laughs> Fletcher cleaned up none of that mess. So now Briere, Briere is Briere is uh, carrying the sins of two fathers here. Right. But like, if you look at it too, he only has one year. Do you think they re-up Morgan Frost? I mean, he's an RFA right now. Do you mean, do you mean do you think like they bring him back in any way? Oh yeah. I, I think so. I believe so. Um, It's going to be interesting though, because I mean, Frost is another one of those players, like 46 points in 81 games last year. Solid young guy. Probably not a, probably not a gotten, probably not a big, big, big star, but again, not somebody who's going to be a pillar. Somebody who, yeah, probably somebody who at his absolute ceiling is a 2C. But there's no, there's no one here that's surefire, I guess is the main point. But I no, think they re-up Morgan Frost. I think they can re-up Morgan Frost because they have to. They have here's, here's to do it. Tell, tell me that this line would not be a bad second line. Travis Konechny, Joel Farabee, Morgan mm. Frost. That's a good second line. That's their first line, though. Exactly. That's their first line. Yeah. So... <laughs> This team is out of the playoffs. That's, that's and, our first. Uh, time. A lot of this, a lot, but a lot of that, a lot of that hypothetical rides on what happens with Couturier. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But I, so. I, I just, I don't see them getting out of the out of the gutter. Not this year. They've got a lot of guys that are signed long term. Danny Briere's got his work cut out for him. Um, like I said, they're in a re- they're they're the year before the GM goes. Ah, oh, fuck! I got to rebuild this whole fucking thing, don't I? Right. Yeah. That's what next year is going to be. I think, and, and I think Briere is going to be there. Briere is going to be the one. He's the one that they've tabbed to do this. So. And uh, yeah, some of these players are just going to tell the organization, puck off. Puck off. I, I, I don't know if you heard me the first time. I think you should open this episode with a uh, always sunny sting. No, 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 no. I don't know. I want people to actually listen to it. <laughs> All right.